Yep. Hello, internet and the people. Is this the internet? Is this a podcast station? Yes, this is technically the internet. Podcast station. Whatever podcast. Hi, internet. I'm Dale Decker, and I am joined by... Uh, Zach Sarawick. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Uh, And welcome to the Say Report Junior, a podcast about two people who have never met each other, um, decide to have internet conversations and, you know, see what what happens. (laughs) Pretty much it. I mean, just a... (laughs) Just about. I mean, yeah. There's there's no simpler way to really, really boil isn't. that down. I mean, uh, <laughs> we do share a a title with the Say Report. I am doubling in my ear. That's gonna be on the podcast. Whatever. Um, so we do share a similar name to the Say Report. If you listen to that, um, which I feel like some of our listeners are gonna be coming over from that. Again, we are Devin and Sejin's younger siblings. Um, and they thought it'd be a good idea to throw us on a on mic together and see what happens. So yeah, and so um, far it's been quite pleasant actually. So it's far, been a yeah, nice yeah. part of the every couple of weeks. Yep. So what have you been up to since the last uh, since the last episode? Besides oh basically living in an igloo is what my understanding oh, of yeah. the Northeast it's is like so far. <laughs> I'm just so sick of snow. That's really what it is. It's my last two weeks because. We did two weeks ago. Yeah. My last two weeks of basically just complaining that, like, I'm cold, which I really shouldn't be <laughs> because, like, first world problems, I guess. But, like, it's just it's spring. I want it to be springtime. Like, um, but other than that, not a whole lot. I've been I'm trying. I'm still trying to finish Ultra Sun, even though I've beaten the game. I've beaten Moon. I just trying to finish Ultra Sun. Um... Other than that, haven't really been playing anything. Um, been watching a lot of Black Clover, which is a oh, I love that show. It's a like an anime. Ah, uh, uh, I was about was, to say, how come I haven't heard of this? It's like oh, because it's so anime. It's, it's like yeah. the one nerd. That's like the one nerdy thing I'm not. <laughs> in, I have never gotten really into. <laughs> oh, okay. Well then, so I will enlighten you on Black Clover. So Black Clover is just fantastic. Um, I keep saying it's, like, the first show in a long time that gives me withdrawals when I don't watch it. Uh, Devin and I have been watching it a lot, and um, it was it was originally a manga, and then I think it was an anime in Japan, or um, and then they made an Americanized version. I don't really know the production, the production history of it, but it's super cool. It's about, like, people with magical powers, and the whole world, everyone in the world has magical powers. Some people's powers are stronger than others, you know, standard magical world, you know, tropes and everything, and, um, there are two, it centers around, like, two main guys, two two main kids who were left at a church together, uh, when they were babies, and so they grew up together, um, and one of them has insanely, insanely strong magical powers and, and powers in general, and the other one has none, or little to none. Um, it's kind of hinted at that, like, his, his power is that he doesn't have power, so it's, it's really cool, but, uh, it's... it's You're so mediocre, we just decided to make it a superpower. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just, it's a really beautiful show, um, so I've been watching that, and trying to stay warm, and we, we got, we got Jumanji today, so that was fun. Not like the movie. New, new, or... Jum- new Jumanji, old Jumanji, the video game, the board game. Uh, There's like eight game. different. The board game. Wow. So oh my god. There's now a copy of Jumanji in my house. Yes, like... I used to own that. Is it? It has the like the like trouble pop bubble in the middle, doesn't it? For the so, for the dice roll. So I'm pretty sure. Okay, so me and one of my best friends from like kindergarten. Um, she and I now Jumanji. The first movie came out in. I don't even know. I want to say 90, somewhere between 94 and 97, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, it came out when she and I were kids, obviously, but, um, (laughs) I would go over her house and one time when I went over, she was like, oh, hey, look at what I have. And she brought out the board game Jumanji and it looked exactly like the game from the movie, like to a T. It was, it was, you know old and it it looked like it had been used and it 
it was just like sitting on a shelf for years. So I was convinced it was the game from the movie. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, are um, you about to secretly tell me you were actually trapped in a jungle for 30 years? <laughs> um, yes. So <laughs> I just got out. Um, no. Uh, so that's weird. You found black clover in the jungle yeah, while you're <laughs> right. It was maybe it was just, oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> no. So. So I was like slightly convinced because I had, didn't know that it was a real game that they put on the market. And I also didn't understand how shopping worked as a kid. <laughs> so um, so I didn't realize that they like, mass produced it to get money based on the movie. So I was convinced that it was like the real game. Even though I was like, no, you're being stupid. You're being stupid. Eight-year-old Dale, calm down. <laughs> and... Um, so we started playing it, and the whole time, I'm like, we need to finish this game. This game needs to end. We need to go. We need to go, go, go. Do not take any pauses. You're not drinking your water. We are fin Like, I was scared to death by, this, by playing this game. And she's loving it. She's laughing. Um, and we finally, my mom had to come and pick me up that night. So... We're playing this game for, like, maybe an hour. I don't know. It felt like two or three hours we were playing this game for. And uh, playing it again today, yeah, you, yeah, it, it could take that long. So I'm I'm pretty sure it did. Um, but so we're playing it, and my mom comes in the house, and there's me and my friends sitting on the ground, and I'm, like, almost in tears, mainly <laughs> mainly because we had, like, so I don't know if you remember how the board is set up or how the the board like game is set up in like real world, but you have like the two columns of the disaster cards, right? And so once it's like I want to say twelve, I could be wrong, but once all twelve get filled up, everybody loses and you have to play again. You can't end gameplay until someone wins. I was going to say, right, so nobody technically wins. It just, like, exactly. sets itself right. <clears throat> so it resets itself. We had maybe two slots before we would lose and would have to start over. And I was like, that's not happening. I'm not getting stuck <laughs> in this game. I And I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, all this stuff is happening. And I'm like, if we don't win, all this stuff is going to happen. And we're going to be the reason why the world ends. Like, this is not okay. So, so a card, it's like still a joke between us, like the leech card came up and I hated leeches even before we played that game. So I started like, tears were coming out of my eyes. I wasn't like crying because I didn't want to cry, but there were some tears coming out. And my mom walked in and she's like, Dale, we have to go. And I'm like, mom, we are <laughs> not leaving until we'll win this game and she's like no Dale we need to go we can't we've overstayed our welcome I'm like no 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 you see you see how much how much farther we are if we end mom the world ends okay this is this is what matters and so she was like okay fine so she sits on the couch with my friend's mom and they're just staring at us play playing this game my friend laughing, I'm crying, <laughs> basically. <laughs> your, and... your, mothers, your mothers are questioning so many decisions <laughs> yeah. in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I, so I roll, and to win, you have to, you have to get in the middle space um, by exact points. So, that I do remember. Yes, yes. that I remember. Yep. So I rolled, and I don't remember how close I was, but I rolled and I got the exact thing. And it was like, we at that point, we only had one card before we ended, before it was game over. And I just remember rolling the dice and then taking my piece and slamming it on the board. <laughs> and I just yelled at the top, because you have to yell it, at the top of my lungs. I just went, Jamat! And I just like screamed, <laughs> screamed. I scared my my mom and my friend's mom. My friend is laughing so hard as she's rolling around on the ground. And I'm like, okay, I can go. See ya. Have a good night. And we left. <laughs> like, like none of it even happened. Exactly. Just like, oh, good. Okay, we're good. We're done. Movie over. <laughs> exactly. But I... 
like I don't remember exactly what the board looked like, but like I feel like there was a trouble esque middle to it. Like I yeah, I like vaguely remember the the dice roll thing in the middle, yeah. and I think the um I think the the paths like swirled around. Yep. So it's and somewhere spiraled around it in some way. So the one that we have looks newer, and I think it's updated. I could be wrong. My friend still owns the copy that we played with when we were kids. So um, I'm, I want her to, like, bring it over so we can compare. To see yeah, like, I would not same. be surprised if they either just re-released um, it now because yeah, of the new movie the or new if movie. they released, like, yeah, somewhere in the intervening years. Yeah. yeah so, so... But this one, yeah, it's just like the middle. It's very, it's very, it's not bland, but like it's very just standard, like flat surfaces. But yeah, so um, that memory gets brought up all the time between me and her because <laughs> it was just the funniest thing ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically what I've been up to. Oh. <laughs> well, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I've been, um, you'll be happy to know I have been replaying Horizon Zero Dawn, actually. Yes. I finally I finally decided to go back to it because it's been a slow start to the year for video games. There isn't too much new and exciting out right now, which is usually like the standard. Last year was weird, but usually the standard is that like January to May, there's like nothing until you get into like game convention season. So, uh, oh. Are you still there? Yeah. Did I lose you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just letting you talk. Okay. No, it's okay. Just got, like, it got like so dead quiet. I was like, oh, God, something muted. Something oh, God, happened. Oh, no, no. Because that's, that's the other thing that's been happening is that, like, so literally the day after we record that first episode, yeah. you call me on Skype and we're like, okay, we have to put this first episode together. And all of a sudden, my mic just stops. Just dead nothing. Yeah, that was no idea why. weird. It just was like the day after we recorded that. It's like, okay, you're done. You don't need me anymore. It's like, no, I need you for like every other week now. Like, you can't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, so bad. I went, so luck. it, yeah. So I went and got a new headset. I bring that home. That's working fine. Then I decided last week that uh, off of my blog, I was also going to start streaming because I'd never really done that before. Yeah. I'd done pre-recorded stuff, but I'd never done live streaming. So I decided to try that. I go on I get everything set up. Works fine Friday night when I test it. I go on Sunday for my first official one. My mic was muted the whole time. Real? Which, no! <laughs> because, oh. because the program I was using, when I hit the, like, when you start up the game, just, like, by default has the mic muted, and I didn't realize that. So for, like, two hours, I'm talking to myself while I'm playing a game. No! Oh, that's so I was like, okay, well, now I know this Sunday what to do. <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's, like, that's, like, been my life is just like these weird technical glitches for no reason. But it's been nice to just dip back into Horizon Zero Dawn and forget about all of that. Yeah. And be like, hey, the worst thing, it, it could be worse. Technology could be trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> if only um, I had a bow and arrow, though. You know, I'd take yeah. it down. You oh, know, man. I haven't, I haven't played in so long. I still haven't even beaten it, like, a first time. Because I well, just keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's a big game. So yeah. I mean the first time the first time I even played it, I played it for about thirty hours, opened up like two thirds of the map, it was great. I did almost the same exact amount in like twenty in like twenty hours this time. Yeah. Just knowing what I was doing. Yeah. Which is also great because it, it didn't feel like I was dragging through it too much. But I forgot how much I hated things like the the weapon tutorials that pop up are a pain and not they're not a pain to do. They're a pain because the way the game has it set up is that they don't do any, they don't trigger unless they're your active quest. Yep. So I could actually do the thing a thousand times that the weapon tutorial tells me to do, and then it's like, oh no, you haven't done this yet. Have you learned to use this weapon? It's like, yes, I've killed like 80 things with it. What are you doing, game? Oh, see, so. <laughs> I, I have weapons tutorials in my thing, but I have never noticed it like questioning my abilities before. Yeah, well, which it's just like... Why, it's just, which is what it's doing. <laughs> it yeah, it's like. just weird that like you go... Well, it's more like you can do you can use the weapon for like 10 hours and then you go in the weapon tutorials like, Oh, you've done this zero out of three times to end this quest that could have been giving you experience points because yeah, it wasn't yeah. your active quest. Yeah, but, <laughs> but really <laughs> when like tiny little nitpicky things like that are the thing that are, I'm complaining about on a game, the game is good. Like there's no, it's like, it's an excellent game. It's beautiful. Um, I forgot about like little things like when it rains or when, Aloy goes through the water. Mm. She'll make comments about the fact that she needed a bath anyway. Yeah, and all I can yeah. think of is, is oh, this is a weird character choice that they've decided that Aloy stinks 
<laughs> she's like she's like walking around and, and to be fair probably everybody else does too it's not like this is a society that has deodorant it's just really funny that that was the thing they decided to highlight was that oh by the way your character smells and it's weird that nobody else has seen to mention it besides her <laughs> yeah. uh, her one-liners are, are just beautiful in just in general because she, she's really environment it's cool because it's like she knows where you are in the game, which, like, you don't think character... Like, you want to think that your characters know that, but it's, like, all coding behind the doors, you know? But the fact that you can just go somewhere and she'll just be like, oh, yeah, this happens. I'm near this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just really cool. It's, like, a nice additive that... Oh, yeah. Makes, yeah, because it, it just adds, like... Yeah, it adds a depth to it. It adds a depth to what you're doing to make it, you know, you're not running around silently mm-hmm. all the time. It's also really funny when she talks to people and she's a complete jerk. Oh, yeah. Like, I, she's, because she, she's, because she spent her entire life talking to, like, one person. And yeah. so she doesn't, like, know how to who communicate is, with other people. arguably beings. also, like, an antisocial jerk. So, yeah. It's like, I like, like, I haven't gotten too far, but yeah. I, um,. Oh, I'm talking to one merchant, and all of a sudden, one of the options is like, "Hey, my eyes are up here, buddy." Really? <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, oh, what?" So, so she says that, that, and he's like, "And he's just like, oh, well, that's just a cool spear you have that you're holding on." To. <laughs> oh, wait, I've not seen that yet. Oh, that's <laughs> like, fantastic. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I but, love that game. Oh my god, I need to start playing it again. Yeah, and that was a nice that was a, that was nice to get back into that and not feel like I had like a, totally abandoned it. So that feels really nice to get to that. I'm getting a little further in the story. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Everybody should play it. Um, but yeah, that's been basically my like two weeks is just like avoiding my technical troubles by just playing video games, <laughs> basically. <laughs> nice, nice. That's perfect. Um, so yeah. So I mean, yeah, good catch up. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's there was an article that came out <laughs> that you and I both kind of uh, our jaw dropped. I would say oh, yeah. seeing this. Yeah. Uh, there's a movie coming out. Based on a divisive book, I would say, uh, by a guy I absolutely can't stand. We'll get into that, too. Um, but sometime in the next couple of weeks, I think it's April 6th. Next week. Ready, nope. Ready Player One comes out. It's next week. At Is it next for, week? At least for us, yeah. I mean. It's oh, you know what? No, April shit. 6th or something else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely next week. <laughs> Because the short uh, answer is, I don't really care, so I haven't really looked. Uh, <laughs> and there but, you go. <laughs> but, but fear, fear not, gamers and geeks, because your Black Panther finally comes out oh, next week, god. and that's Ready Player One. Oh my god. Okay, so oh. I don't go on Twitter, and this experience has been making me go on Twitter more. Um, just this whole podcasting, because A, like, you know, we try to, we have a Twitter, by the way, we'll talk about that more at the end of the show, but, uh, like, I try to tweet from that, but then I'm like, oh, I should check to see what's going on in the world, and then you retweet, because you say that you basically live on the internet. Oh, yeah. You retweet stuff that I'm like, huh, thanks, Zach, for introducing that into my life. Well, see, that's just it. That's like my whole connection to the outside world. Is yeah. what is what is everybody else talking about? So I know how to. So I know what's going on because I'll probably get Ready Player One, but like a month from now, yeah. it won't. Like I won't see it for a while because I've got two movie theaters in town. Yeah. They're both one screen, so they're always almost they're almost always second run unless it's a Disney movie, oh, and they okay. get and they can like guarantee their their money back. Mm. So everything I get is like two or three months down the line. <laughs> so. All right. Well, so you'll have to you'll be able to put it off. Wow. Yeah. So when, <laughs> when I saw when I saw this tweet, I was like, "Who's this?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So Zach retweeted it, and I read the person's tweet, and I was like, "Oh God, no!" And it's basically <laughs> like uh, the per- the person who tweeted out the article was like, "Um, no." Like I don't know. <laughs> is it appropriate to read the tweet? I don't know if. It's, uh, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, read the tweet. You don't have to say the person's name or yeah, say their exactly, display name or exactly. something. Whatever you want to so, do, but yes, so, go ahead and read the actual text of the tweet. The actual text of the tweet goes, "Y'all need to stop this quote-unquote gamers are marginalized shit." Um, everyone plays video games. My grandpa has a PS4. My mom was my player too on Super Mario Brothers. Uh, it's not a culture. No one's oppressed for playing Halo. So I read that and I'm like, <laughs> oh. What has the world done now? <laughs> and then I clicked the article, and I shouldn't have clicked the article, Zach. 
I should sh- I should just let it go. This is why I don't go on Twitter. <laughs> Welcome to my life because every what you're feeling right now is like every day for me, where it's just like I'm angry about something new. So uh, yeah, the article headline. Uh, actually, you probably you have it up in front of you. Yeah. Do you have the actual the actual article headline? Yes. In so, front of you. Okay. So it goes. Oh crap! I just I actually literally just exited out of it. Give me one second. The the actual article is, will Ready Player One be gamers Black Panther? I believe that. Oh. Yeah. Will, yes. No, no, no. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. Sorry. It's basically that. But it's actually, will Ready Player One be Black Panther to gamer, uh, for gamers? Oh. So I'm going to read that one more time. I'm going to read that one more time verbatim. Will Ready Player One be Black Panther for gamers? Here's the one. Okay, so we're going to start with a few things on this. <laughs> I, I want to start with one thing, though, and that is that there's more than video game references in Ready Player One. Thank so you. it would be for, if anything, it would be for, like, nerds or yep. geeks or, like, <laughs> nostalgia yep. fans or so, something. It wouldn't just be for just because it takes place in a video game doesn't change the fact that they're referencing way more than video games. And, and let's be <laughs> honest, is it really a video game or is it just Second Life? Which I understand oh is God. a video game, but it's basically just real life. Like, come oh, on. Come man. Down. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. <sighs> it's the Oasis, Zach. All right. It's not a video yeah, so game. Have you actually, so have you actually read, no, read the book all or, or so, so I have not either. My entire experience with this book was when it came out, I went, I saw a bunch of people talk about how it either it was a really great story with all these great pop culture references or it was this book sucks and it only gets by on its pop culture references. <laughs> like that's that those are the two critiques of the book. And so I was like, eh, I'll I'll wait for the movie basically. Like it like they, as soon as this book came out, it blew up and everybody was certain that it would be adapted at some point because why wouldn't it be? And they were right. And so I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine waiting for the movie. I don't even want to see the movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, so so my experience with the book was I don't remember what I was reading or what I was looking at, but it had mentioned the, the book, Ready Player One. And it had mentioned that, you know, the person who wrote it was a huge Back to the Future fan, which um, I don't think we ever discussed this, but Back to the Future, that film trilogy is my favorite trilogy. That um, is a wonderful trilogy to be, the be-, to yes. be a fan of. So- I am down with that. <laughs> Um, Back to the Future is a huge, like, a huge part of my life, um, which, yeah, like, it's a huge part of, like, my, I don't know, repertoire, (laughs) um, along with, like, Jaws and Goonies, um, like, there, there's just a, we can get into all of that later on in our podcasting endeavors, but Back to the Future is a huge thing. If you've met me, you know that I love Back to the Future. So I see that there's a book about a person who gets to drive around in a DeLorean in, like, a made-up world. And I'm like, okay, that is awesome. I would like to read that. I never got around to it. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing, like, trailers popping up and people talking. And I'm like, oh, okay, so a Ready Player One movie is coming. That's exciting to me. But only because I was like, the DeLorean's going to be in it. And I wonder why or how. And then I saw one trailer. It was like the teaser trailer. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> the teaser trailer that's no. like just a bunch of nostalgia <laughs> shots. Yeah. Hey, remember this. Yeah, exactly. Hey, remember this. And then, hey, remember this. <laughs> and then I saw the longer trailer and I'm like, wow. Okay. Not as on board as I was, but I'm still going to see it. And like, it's kind of exciting. And then, like, a coworker of mine was also bringing up facts of, like, there was an Overwatch thing in one of the trailers. and Yeah, they like, definitely updated the yeah. references for the movie. Which is kind of cool. Like, yeah. I, that I can give. But after seeing that second trailer, I'm like, wow, okay, you're making a video game movie? Um, can your animated characters, who are the main characters who I'm going to be watching the majority of the time, can you make them look a little better? <laughs> um, I, love, I love that that's your concern the graphics <laughs> are not good enough <laughs> well if you're doing I, like and i'm i try not to be this person like a crazy like dra- graphic person but like if well no but there's a, there's the a reason world... that like the cutscene looks better than the game yes. like we know you can do better <laughs> exactly and the technology that we have 
in the world today for movies and video games, you can do some better CGI than you're doing for what Ready Player One looks like. The characters just look so bad. Like, it looks like you're trying to be a bad video game. And it's really distracting. Especially when it's put up. Especially once it's put up against all of the other things that you're referencing. Like, it's not like they created some sort of. They didn't take the whole. They they didn't take the art style and somehow, like, change these characters and stuff so that they're all one conducive art style. They just rendered everything like it looked like and then created these completely random original characters that look worse. (laughs) Yeah. So I like I was like already kind of off it because of that. I'm like, that's that's gonna be my one problem with this. And then I saw this article. And I was like, oh my Uh, God. Like So that's that's definitely another reason why I didn't really get into Ready Player One is that the people that were for it were some of the worst. (laughs) And I don't like I go back and forth on this a lot. Like, I don't try to let a, a fan base, a toxic fan base, be the reason I don't like a thing. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem like I was seeing anything really redeeming it from its toxic fan base anyway. So I was yeah. like, okay, I'm fine with just kind of ignoring this thing. Well, that's what um, I said. No, oh, continue. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say, I, I think that, like, <clears throat> I went with this through, like, uh, Cuphead that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, gorgeous game really hard to play and the fan base was really freaking terrible and so I looked at it and went well it's kind of hard to play and these people suck so I don't want to play this game and that just kind of that it sucks when that happens but it is very possible for like a fan base to ruin something it just it unfortunately just is especially when you are as you know internet connected as I am and I like seeing it every day so yeah Yeah, I try to stay away from that stuff because I I am a person who like like I'll, like, I'll look at it differently. Right. Um, like, so I said that to Devin after we saw that first trailer and after we saw we had seen something else. I think we watched Tomb Raider or whatever after we saw the first trailer. I don't remember. But um, so afterwards, and I'm like, you know what I'm afraid of? Like, I was excited for this before I saw anything for it. Just because I was like, oh, it's going to be different. It's going to be cool. It's going to be nerd stuff. Like, stuff that I care about and like. And then afterwards... I kept seeing people got so excited for it, and then I saw that trailer with the terrible animation, I'm like, I'm going to hate this because everybody else loves it, and I don't, that's not why I want to hate it. <laughs> like, I want to hate it for its really terrible writing, <laughs> its poor acting, god exactly. damn it. Exactly, yeah. but like, like, so that's why like, I'm so nervous to go see it, because I hate going in with already predetermined things, and I try not to, but I just feel like it's so unavoidable. A, with this movie, and B, it's so unavoidable in this world, too. Like, because everybody has to have their opinion. And your opinion, you can literally say it anywhere, and you don't have to care. Like, I mean, you should care about, like, some things that you say. But you can just put it out there, and anyone can see it. And it's really, like, eh. (laughs) Yeah, and actually, it's interesting, because we're... It cycles a lot. So you get people, you get that kind of everything gets overhyped and then it's disappointing and then things get underhyped and then it ends up being really good. And we're actually in this weird spot right now where people on Twitter and and, and the rest of the internet are trying to figure out how to, well, I mean, be adults really is what they're trying to figure out where they can go like, oh, this thing's not for me, but I can recognize how someone else will like it. Exactly. Which is like, which is definitely like the mature attitude you're supposed to take to something, and the internet has never been able to figure out. Yeah. Like something is either supposed to be excellent or it's terrible. Which is why when something is just mediocre or just fine, it completely flops. Like I think the new Ghostbusters really failed from that. Is that I think the new Ghostbusters is a pretty good B level comedy. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly serviceable. It's not terrible, but it's not you know super great. But because it was either because of the the terrible shitty pressure that was put on that game or put on that game put on that movie it was either it was either this has to be better than the original ghostbusters or it will never be good enough and so like and so when it came out and it was like just okay all of a sudden it was oh that completely bombed and this is why we should never do these reboot things and all and then of course ready player one comes around the same fan base that is upset about women ghostbusters is also praising ready player one as like they're Black Panther. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, like, to get, getting back to that, it's like, and if you find the article, like, I, I don't want to tell people to read the article, 
But you just... The reason why you need to read the article is to just, like, see that there are these people who, like, will write this. And, like, be passive-aggressive in their writing. Because you read the whole article or did you not read the article? I think I saw the headline and I rolled my eyes and I tried to avoid it. So I didn't actually read the rest of the article. I read the... And I don't read articles, but I read this entire article. And from what I got out of it, it was, like, the, the the, the author was saying, um, you know, Black Panther was such a strong film, um, so, like, Wonder Woman was such a strong film, and, and Coco was such a strong film for the individual cultures that it affected. And now, uh, Ready to Player One is going to have its turn. So all you geeks out there, all you gamers out there, you're going to have your chance. And it's like, no. But then in, so I'm like, no, you're incorrect. Like, gamers, gaming quote-unquote culture, has not had to go through the same things that black culture or, or Latin culture or anything like that has had to go through. Not only that, literally <laughs> every ad, every time they adapt a movie or a comic or like a, a TV show or a comic or a video game into a movie, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're gearing it toward the, you know, white male gamers that they think are the audience of the thing they're adapting when yeah. they don't realize that there's plenty of women and people of yeah. color who also play that thing. So it's like... It's like to say that Ready Player One is your is your Black Panther just because it references all these things, forgetting the fact that half the things it's referencing are things that were created for that audience to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then in the article itself, he's like, oh, even though I understand that they're very different and that they do not have anything alike, there's still something to be said about gaming culture. And I'm like, no, you're, no, no, you're just wrong. You were just wrong. Like, yes, yeah. people people have gotten, I don't know, bullied for being geeks or, or ridiculed. What I said to Devin was, here's the thing. You, you get ridiculed for games because either you get judged for playing games. And I'm not saying so much now because gaming has become, quote, unquote, I wouldn't even cool say... again. I, like, and, even, even and even then? then but... I was just gonna say, even then, I can't even think of a time. <clears throat> I'm ten years out of high school now, which yeah. means I'm between ten and twenty years out of high school and middle school. I can't think of a single time that everyone around me either didn't own a game console or didn't talk about games. Like gaming has not. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's different in other. Maybe it's because of where we grew up. I don't want to like knock anybody else's yeah. anybody else's experience. At the same time, I can't think of a single person who has ever told that because you play video games you're going to be bullied now. Oh, yeah, there are no. other things that come along with people who also play games, and I think that people started to conflate the two, where it's like, oh, you don't play a lot of sports, or you're kind of antisocial, or you're kind of a kind of a nerd, jerk person, and you just happen to play video games. But the video games are not what you were being bullied for. Exactly. <laughs> Usually. It's, yeah, th- and that's what... Uh, someone, someone on the Twitter like uh, feed mentioned that too, and it was like, you were being bullied because... First of all, you shouldn't be bullied. Bullying stuff is bullying. Right. But, like, the reason why... It wasn't because of the video game that you were being bullied for. Exactly what you just said. Whereas, like, in other oppressed um, cultures, it's, it's the person. Like, who they are as a person is what is getting ridiculed and killed and attacked and, and just just continually beaten down like it's so you can't compare the two like you yeah. you really i mean i'm sure somewhere in the line there there are crossovers but there's there's not going to be like all well, right and and it's it's and interesting it's be most, a stretch. Like, right and a lot of the people who were just, in fact actually bullied for playing video games are women and people of color who were trying to be part of the gaming culture and were being told by white nerdy shitty gamers that they didn't belong there because yeah. that was their face yeah. like that's like... And, you know that's the other <laughs> thing you say that too like that's the only the ridicule comes from within the culture yeah like it, it's almost always like we're making fun <laughs> of you for playing that game instead of this game or you yeah. like that type of game instead of this type of game it's or, not you play video games it's you play the wrong games because exactly. like, there's this weird gatekeeping that goes on yeah and then there was i mean there was a time again like 
like women who played video games were ridiculed a lot because oh well you're a girl i mean even in 2016 2017 i worked at GameStop, like i mentioned and i worked with mainly girls like it was there was only two guys in the store i worked with and then uh at a time it was pretty even it was like two guys two girls and um but then it, it got to a point where there were more girls working at the GameStop than guys. Which, like, people had to make comments about. The only, reason like, I would, the only reason I would comment on that is that I don't expect GameStop to be open to hiring that many women at once. But yeah. that's because I don't like GameStop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's, a, that's a whole other issue. But, like, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was even a guy who came in. I had to cover another story. There's a guy who came in. And, yes, my name is normally... Uh, was traditionally a guy's name, I guess, but it really wasn't. It was. It's always kind of been a unisex name. I was gonna, um, the only Dale I know of is Dale Gribble from King of the Hill. It's yeah. the only other time I've actually heard that yeah, name yeah. in my life, so I wouldn't describe it, it to anything. If you look except in you yeah. and him, <laughs> like if you look in the history of it, it it's supposed to be a unisex name, but people just attribute it to a guy because of there's there's more guys named Dale than anything. But anyways, so this guy came in, he looked at my name tag, he's like, oh, so why'd you pick Dale? And I was like, what? He's like, why'd you pick a guy's name? And I'm like, I didn't pick my name. (laughs) My name was given to me. Oh my God. I'm like, I actually really like my name. And like, and then he (laughs) he was like, oh, well, I just figured you'd pick a guy's name because, you know, girls always want to be like guys and, you know, you you work at a video game store, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, guy. And then he asked for an application. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm trying to even like, I can't even think. They had to, you had a, you had a name tag on. So like someone like made, they don't make name tags with your nickname on them traditionally. So like. And he asked. He asked what it was short for, which a lot of people ask what it's for, short for. But, like, even that, like, girls in video games, I don't know. It's just, like, you still can't compare it. I don't know. I I could be wrong, or I could be looking at it from a wrong perspective, but to say that this movie is is not a love letter and is is the legitimate ga- gaming movie that everybody needed and its um, authenticity is spot on, No. Like, there are so many other game, true, true video game movies that are more about, because what the article also says is, it's it's about what those games make people feel, like how oh it makes people God. feel. So it's, it's like, oh, you feel, you feel strong, or you feel brave, you feel smart, and you feel loved, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> and he, and I'm like, and then... Because I know movies and I know video game movies, I start rolling off a list of game movies, of game movies that do that. That I already know do it better than Ready Player One because, again, the only thing it really has in common with video games is A, the title, B, the software, basic, or the hardware because it's a virtual reality helmet, and C, like, yeah, there's some video game things, but it's. A lot, a lot of movies are in that, uh, in that movie too, like Back to the Future and Iron Giant. Don't even get me started on Iron Giant on that one, by the way. We'll get to that. We're gonna get to that in a second because that goes off into my whole other problem with Ready Player One. But I want you to finish your thought first. But it's it's just so if you're saying that this is the legitimate one that shows how video games are for people. But you're not even going to mention those movies, like how those movies make people feel. And you're not going to mention, like, it says that Wreck-It Ralph, the article says that Wreck-It Ralph was a love letter to how video games are and, like, to video game culture. That's closer. I would actually put that closer than Ready Player One because at least they created an original story for it. Yeah. (laughs) Wreck-It Ralph is a love letter, but so is Ready Player One. And there are so many other games that he doesn't even mention in the article, but, like, say what you will about Pixels. I really enjoy that movie because it, it, it does show that, like, 
what video games do for people and how video games affect people. I don't know if you ever saw Pixels. Uh, I did. It's <clears throat> eh, I have Adam Sandler problems, but yeah, no, again, I mean, I... again, here's a great situation. Not for me, but yeah. I'm not going to shit on you for liking it. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that. I fully know that it's not a great movie, but <laughs> based on what he's talking about in the article, it does more than what I'm predicting Ready Player One is going to do. Because it has that whole thing with Adam Sandler like being like, this was my life, and like, look at me now. But it's like, oh, my skills in video games are going to help me save the world. Yeah, it's far-fetched, but it, it, that's what happens in that movie. Like, nothing in Ready Player One shows that this person is playing video games or is good at video games. It's just showing a person who lives in a dystopian world who needs this oasis, which is... Let's say, call it what it is. It's pulp, col pop culture, not just video games. It's pop culture in general. You need to go to this place to escape your terrible world, which is what pop culture is. That's what movies are. That's what video games are, which, yes, so I can, I can get behind that because I've used movies and video games to escape, you know, the stress and the, the bullshit that is the world. But it's not... It's not it – so far through the trailers, it hasn't grasped what video games mean to me. Or and I think what... a big part of that is that it's very bad at telling you what the actual story is. I still don't even know what the actual story at Ready Player One is. All I know is that he goes into this virtual world. There is a thing – Basically, might as well just call it the one ring that they all are, are that a bunch of people are seeking out, and so he's got to go get it. And then at the end, there's a giant battle over it. Yeah. That's all I know about that game, about then, about the story makes, of Ready Player One. Yeah. And it's like, but it also looks like the outside world is trying to attack the Oasis somehow. So that, and again, this is all speculation. We don't know anything. We neither one of us has read the book. So I mean, and again, these are just our opinions. Whatever. But um, it's just. It's, and then he makes that speech of, like, I found friends, I found love, I found this, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, this is not about gaming, though. <laughs> this movie does not seem to be about video games. So why is this article harping on that? Right. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, like it's one thing, and maybe this is the other thing. So Ernest Cline, I think, is a terrible writer because I've heard different bits and pieces of, of people like of like the uh the ready player one audiobook and i've read other stuff from him read by will wheaton by the way which is like <laughs> heartbreaking uh, heartbreaking only because when i hear will wheaton read it it sounds like he's doing that i'm gonna put on a fake smile and just barrel right through this and i know he's like a he's a he by all accounts will wheaton is a decent guy i think he might actually be a fan of ready player one and that's fine but when you hear him read the words in this book it sounds like he's just like going through the whole grin and bear it get through this thing yeah. like i'm gonna fake sincerity because i'm doing like a pr stunt kind of thing yeah. and it just like the writing just sounds <laughs> terrible because it just sounds like what he's actually saying is i'm gonna look at something and then i'm gonna reference three things about it so that i can look at this so i can like um like he describes like seeing this girl the the what i assume is the love interest and it's like she's an yeah. 80s cyberpunk no nonsense type of woman in one sense in one word hot and it's like why is that a sentence you wrote <laughs> like <laughs> and it's like all of this stuff where it's 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 a base level story wrapped in how many times can i reference things to fill up the page around this base level story and and, and i don't know I'm assuming Ernest Klein did not write the screenplay. I know Steven Spielberg is directing it. Um, whoever wrote it, they may, they've updated the references. Maybe they've made the story better. That's entirely possible. By all accounts, that's what happened to fit the Fifty Shades trilogy. <laughs> that, is, that, that, that someone else took it away from E.L. James and went, we can make this better. You can go away now and like, catch your check. And so maybe that's what happened, and I want to that, that, give it that benefit of the doubt. But... It just is it, – it is a whole story and it is a whole book that is written on – it's not even nostalgia because nostalgia you have to like it's, – it's based on like just rote memory. It's based on I remember this thing and I think I remember how I feel about it. But by the time you remember how you felt about it, there's another thing they're referencing. So then you just remember that. It, like, like good nostalgia, like I think of um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, it's probably yeah. the closest analog you have to this. Where it's like, oh. here's all of these things, these references we're throwing in, but it's not just a reference. They are taking the thing you remember, and they're playing with it. 
So I think of like the, um, the piano fight between Daffy and Donald Duck. You look at those, and the only leap you have to make is why are they playing a piano? They've never played yeah. piano before. Yeah. Otherwise, you can look at those two characters and go, this is exactly what would happen if the two of them got in a piano fight. <laughs> like, that scene is perfect. Fun fact. Because it plays... Yes? Just, just so you know, because you didn't really look at the article, also uh, compares Ready to Player One to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm not surprised. It's like the closest analog we have, but like... Like, the only time that it ever feels overwhelming, like, they just threw a bunch of people on screen to make you to ma- to, to, to make you feel overwhelmed with emotion is at the very end when everyone comes pouring out of Toontown. Yep. Otherwise, it's a great way. It references things perfectly, but it does it with original characters. And it's almost like Ready Player One didn't get that far. <laughs> they just went, oh, if I just reference a bunch of stuff, then it's going to be okay. But you need to, like... You need to work with that nostalgia and actually do something with it. Um, I feel like it's really just, like, also a lesson in pandering. Like, and pandering has been coming up a lot lately. Like, pandering to your audience and everything. And it just seems like this this is just that. Like, it's just another one of those. And it's like... Oh, yeah. But painfully obvious this time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then have you ever heard of his second book, Armada? So this is when this is when it was actually when this came out that I decided I was never going to go look at, play, at Ready Player One. <laughs> um, so Armada is a kid figures out that all of the movies and video games about fighting aliens are all part of a giant conspiracy to teach kids how to fight a real alien threat. So it's basically Ender's Game, oh. but it even says basically it even like references like in the in the 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 like breakdown of the plot that oh yes it's all it, that he that like ender's game might as well be in the book that it's like oh i'm reading ender's game what if ender's game was real oh it turns out ender's game is real but also in this fictional book i've written so he basically wow. <laughs> yeah. which is also the plot to the last starfighter which is an excellent bad movie <laughs> About video games, oh, where it turns out that if you play a video game well enough, aliens will come down and have you like fight for them in a war. So he basically ripped off The Last Starfighter and Ender's Game all in the same freaking plot. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. what I was like. I don't think I need to read Ready Player yeah, One at no, all. No. It's just, it just, what really is getting me, I don't think I would be as upset with it if it wasn't it's not even really marketing itself as that, although it kind of is. No, you want to know why? Okay, have you seen the the bullshit posters that have been? Oh God, yes. First oh, of all, God. yes. They were uh, they were made, and I'm sorry. This is this is going to be very rude and mean, and, <laughs> and I apologize for whoever really made those those posters. But I somehow don't blame you. Um. No, because it was they, some graphic artist on a studio look, somewhere. They look like they were made by like first level uh, um, Photoshop, like yeah, by a like first they were made in like a one hundred and one class. Yes, yeah, because they look so first just as movie posters. They look so bad, and then they as parody posters. They're just awful. And Stranger Things did it too. And I don't really like Stranger Things, but I've never really watched it, so I really shouldn't have an opinion. <laughs> hey, we haven't watched it. Ready Player One, and we have an opinion on That's that. Clearly, <laughs> but like, I'm not. I haven't gotten into Stranger Things, so I really don't want to. But it's it, they did those posters, and I can say that the posters that they did for Stranger Things, I think it was season two, look a thousand times better than right. the Ready Player Things, One ones. And, and and I mean, the thing is, Stranger Things does basically the Ready Player One thing a hell of a lot better because, yes, it takes place in the 80s and they're referencing stuff all the time, but at least it yeah. fits within the context of what they're doing. Like, exactly. they're referencing video games when they're at the arcade, so at least you know when the video game is supposed to be there. <laughs> but if Ready Player One... I think that's why this article pisses me off so much. It's because this person clearly is just looking at the trailers and whatnot or looking at just the context of Ready Player One and just calling it a gamer movie. When it's a pop culture movie, like it's not strictly about video games and it's not strictly about movies or, or, or TV shows. It's someone tweeted or whatever. It's like Ready Player One is basically uh, Big Bang Theory, the movie. (laughs) And it's like, oh, 
okay. Uh. Accurate to a degree. But, like, <laughs> it's just, I really wish people would stop harping on the video game aspect of it. Because there, there are so many other better movies that show what this person is saying that Ready Player One is going to show. And I know that I'm, like, playing a dead record or whatever that phrase is. But, again, Pixels did it. The Wizard did it, based on the way that Devin describes that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, was, it was paid for by Nintendo to promote yeah, Nintendo. Like, was, yeah. <laughs> the Wizard did it. A, there was a Nickelodeon television, um, like, TV movie with Jeanette McCurdy and Jer- Jerry Trainer called Best Player that, like did it and showed uh, it was like a video game competition <clears throat> very much in the regards of the wizard but it was they Jeanette McCurdy was like one of the best players in the world and then Jerry Chainer came in and was like oh crap like I need to beat you something like that I don't really remember the plot but like it did that whole this is what video games mean to people and this is what happens when you're in this community and in this culture and it also, it's just, hell, hell, Spy Kids 3D Game Over did it better, okay? <laughs> like, let's just talk about that. Uh. <laughs> like, that was basically, it's, like, I will watch that a hundred times over before anything else, you know? Yeah, and that, like, yeah. it's just, it's not a video game movie, and I don't want people to think it is because they're going to be very upset when it's not. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, just to, to, to say my last annoyance with their nostalgia oh, yeah. trip Iron before Giant? we move on to. Yeah, they gave the Iron Giant a freaking gun. <laughs> the whole point to the Iron Giant is that he is a gun and doesn't want to be a gun, and they gave him a gun. And everyone's excuse for it is that it, since it's basically the Second Life Avatar thing you were talking about. Yeah. Is that, oh, the person who created that avatar is the one that gave him the gun. Yeah. So that person should be roundly executed. I mean, come on. Like, That's the point of like, the movie. Like, here's the thing. Yeah, like, here's the thing. If the, if the whole thing, honestly, if the whole, like, last ten minutes of that movie were the main character turning around and pointing out why every reference in this movie was wrong or, like, wrongheaded or why people were getting it wrong or something, I would love that. Because I love the because I have no I have no problem with the idea of someone created the saw the Iron Giant in this dystopian future saw the Iron Giant on like a poster said that thing looks cool it would look cool with a giant gun and did that and then got like had to get explained to them why it's wrong like like if you're gonna take the if the idea to Ready Player One was everybody is stuck in this nostalgia trip and then it turned out that the way the resolution to the movie was about how that was bad. I would love that, that's but I know movie. that's not what it, right. That's I know that, but I know, already. but I know that's not what it is. Like, if you're, if the whole movie, if the whole point of Ready Player One was nostalgia is good, but especially like years on and things have been forgotten, like you completely miss the point. Mm-hmm. Like nostalgia doesn't work anymore when your nostalgia is based on what you were told nostalgia was based on. <laughs> so, because I was thinking about this with Steven Spielberg being the director, and I was looking at the list. I was thinking about the movies from Steven Spielberg. I actually remember. And first off, I can't I mean, like obviously he did Lincoln and Warhorse are the last two movies I can remember he made. I'm, I don't even know if there's one in between those or one yeah, after those. And then I think about the movies from my childhood that everybody loves, and they think about Steven Spielberg. Two of them came out after I was born. Mm. Um, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Yeah. I've said before that though, E.T. Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, oh there was a Jaws all Jaws, came out from before yeah. I was born. The only cultural reference i have to those movies are when they were put on in front of me and i was told about what people felt about them when they came out yeah and that's exactly what ready player one feels like is that someone went here's a bunch of references that you that here's a bunch of references from before you were born and now i'm going to tell you how to feel about them yep which means they get completely warped like this terrible game of telephone yeah (laughs) so i totally get what you're saying yeah so that's oh it is. Ugh. It's okay. And I just, I just thought of this. It's basically. This is what I'm going to call it. It's fan fiction. The movie. Yeah. It seems like. Absolutely. It's that's and considering, what it is. And once again, everybody who went after Last Jedi for being fan fiction, the movie is also the crowd that's going to love Ready Player One, and that makes <laughs> yep. me so mad. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. I don't know, and I, I don't know. I just. 
and like cut to when it's when it's released and it is actually a video game movie spoilers or whatever like but i just it's not going to be no it's going to be <laughs> and and here's the thing this is going to go going back to what i said about like ghostbusters 2016 and all of that it's going to be a movie that is probably perfectly fine and kind of middling yeah but because all of this has happened before it it's either going to be it it's either got to completely blow my mind at this point to be something completely different or i'm just not going to care about it yep. and you're not going to be able to, to tell me otherwise <laughs> it's just i i still can't get over the whole oh yeah you know i understand that video game culture has has nothing uh compared to black culture or or just any of these other cultures but you know there's still an argument to be made. It's like, dude, you're 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 fighting a losing battle, man. Like, yeah, you just need absolutely. To stop. You need you need. I'm pretty sure he actually might have gotten fired for the. the article. <laughs> like, I don't know how true that is, but I read one of the card comments like on the actual article, and it said that he had gotten fired. Which <laughs> that might be a little drastic, but hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, who knows? Maybe this is like the fifth time he's written a stupid article like this. Yeah. Maybe when Wonder Woman came out, he was like... Oh, maybe Wonder when, Woman, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Tomb Raider was like, oh, Tomb Raider comes out. And it's like, oh, finally, female gamers get their Wonder Woman. Like, what are you talking about? Go. You're done. You're, you're going crazy. You're Stop sniffing glue. You're yeah. cut off, man. <laughs> you're drunk at work again. Yeah. Um, I just, okay. Oof, oof. So that was, that was a lot. That was a lot of feelings. That was yeah. a lot of things. So. Know know if we really hit everything but it was oh probably not a lot of feelings uh so before we before we wrap up just to do, bring this back to something probably more positive i was thinking <laughs> i was trying to come up with like some other things to go along with our themes of getting to know each other and then like sparking conversation and all of this okay. uh i know you've watched some star trek but have you watched basically everything but discovery or have you only watched some of it oh um so i've really truly only ever seen um, the new movies. Oh, okay. Um, other than that, I've just seen like clips. Oh, huh, okay. Pieces. Well, okay. You know, what? Just, we can talk about that. I love the J.J. Abrams movies. We can talk about yeah, that too. But. I just, um, I've always kind of, I don't know why. It could be back to what you were just saying of, here's this thing. Here's everything you need to know about it. Love it. You know, it's just. I was told about the characters and told about what it was. And, you know, I saw the, as I was growing up, I saw the, the fights. I don't know if they're really fights, but the fights between Star Wars and Star Trek. And I'm like, Star Trek, it just seems better. Because what was it? What was it in Futurama? The Star Trek Wars? No, yeah. that was the Star Wars Trek. Anyway. The Star Wars Trek. <laughs> but it just, it always seemed like a better franchise to me, even though I had never really dove into it. And then just comparing the new movies to, you know, that of Star Wars, it's definitely at least what I want in a space travel, you know, yeah. a okay. space-centered story because it's it's just, it's adventuring pretty much and discovering space. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That and that's exactly cool why me. it's, yeah, and that's always why it's been really popular. I, I was going to get into the whole who's your captain conversation, but that means nothing to you. <laughs> uh, um but no, so the only reason I, the the reason that I'm in into Star Trek actually is because the the Abrams movies were coming out the the what they call the Kelvin timeline, mm -hmm. which I love, um, and about a year before, about a year before that came out, they announced the cast and everything, and I went, I should probably watch at least some Star Trek yeah. so I know what this is before it comes out, I and I got, have... and I got completely hooked by it. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that, like, my favorite series didn't come till like, way after. I'm a huge DS9 fan. It's like Deep Space yeah. Nine is, yeah. is my Star Trek, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, again, Discovery. Uh, <laughs> well, I need the to things, watch it. The, so Discovery um, has, shares a lot of themes with, like, especially the second half of Deep Space Nine, where they get into a whole kind of, like, war survival story and stuff like that. So that's probably why I like Discovery so much. But um, there's, there's, like, a weird... There's like a weird rift, I think, that I think I'm part and and I guess you would be, too. Part yeah. of this like new breed of, of of like Trek fan where the the Abrams movies are what brought us in. Mm -hmm. So, again, I didn't watch any Star Trek until 
until then, which means my entire knowledge and kind of idea of what Star Trek is supposed to be is based on what people told me about it. Yeah. Um, and especially, of course, you think, you know, uh, most of uh, the or- entire original series and then the first season of, of TNG were be- from before I was born and all of that. Yeah. So I love that that brought me into it. I also think that that means I don't I don't go back and watch them with the same like rose colored glasses that other <laughs> people do. Yeah, because like, um, you know. It was the 60s when the first one came out. There's still tons of like kind of sexist shit in there that just comes up. It just <laughs> yeah, it was made by a it was made up. by a World War II it was made by a World War II vet white man. Like it yeah. just it just has some shit. Um, I mean, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate it's going to happen even even now. It's going to happen. Yeah, and I think I think the new movies I I love what I love most about the new movies is the way that they 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 kind of wrote in their excuse for preserving the original series. Yeah. Um is that they made it into a mirror universe. I absolutely love that idea because it's literally the entire Star Trek canon has another mirror universe already, so it's not like it's beyond possibility. Um, But yeah, so, well, that kind of... Oh, yeah, it's super positive. But I've always, yeah, even as a kid, I always kind of, like, wanted to watch Star Trek. I just never did. No reasoning behind it. I just never got to or never had the chance to or never knew where to watch it on or but it's i the reason why i know that i love star trek is a i do love the jj abrams movies um i love the casts everyone in that movie is is like has been one of my favorite actors um i mean to the point where when anton yelchin passed away check off from minute one was my favorite character anyways oh, he's so he, and he he took that character so oh. like for for having such a small role in those three movies he takes that character so freaking far yeah. i love you oh. know you know more than i do because you have been watching you know the the older ones and you've seen them but just seeing that character like that it's like that's enough for me at this point point in time but i know that if i go back and watch i'm gonna be like oh wow but it was to the point where I was so in love with that character, and then I was starting to like just become enamored and just in love with Anton Yelchin, too. And so when he passed away, I, first of all, when I heard the news, I cried. I cried. And I was just like, wow, this is the first real celebrity death that kind of hit me. Um, Can I tell you why that might be one of the ones, not just the fact that he was... In- by all accounts, an amazing dude, but because it hit me very similarly, he was my age when yeah. that happened. Oh, yeah, okay. He was he was born the same year I was. So yeah. to be like, and, and to like the fact that that accident was so freaking, oh, like so freaking tragically yep. bizarre was like, oh god, that's that's one of the things that I think really hit yeah. me with but that. Every, so so uh, the final movie, which I can't even think of the name of it right now. Uh, um, Beyond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Every time he was on screen, I couldn't control myself. Like, I just started bawling. And I and so it just, like, added this, this emotion to the movie that, like, was so much deeper than that movie intended to be, at least for me. But every time he was on screen, I just started bawling. And I'm like, man, not only are you a really fantastic story, um... But, like, you're making me cry just because of the character and, like, who's playing the character. And this character is just so good. Chekhov is just so... It's such a good character to have in, in, in your... cat. Like, it's... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and really, and really, like, the character... So, in the original series, he doesn't show up until the second season. So, even yeah. the, the seasons plus all the movies. And really, it was... Their their big thing for that was that they had in 1967 they had a Russian on their show. Yeah. Like that was the big that was the big thing. Like obviously Walter Koenig is not actually Russian, but like <laughs> he was Russian. He was young. They had him in like this really bad wig that looked like Davy Jones. It was kind of goofy, but like that was kind of the big thing. Was hey look, part of like um, Star Trek's whole thing was we need to humanize the other. Like the way that 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 whole idea of because. Again, coming from World War II, Gene Roddenberry was very big on on like um, humanism and, and everybody kind of coming together. And that's how we were going to get into the stars was that Earth was going to become one big kind of family group that then went out exploring. That's just why they're explorers. Yeah. They're not military people and all yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah, I just – it's so – it's really weird that like Anton Yelchin is the reason why I love Star Trek, but he really is. Like that's yeah. – 
I mean, sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes and, it's it's just the characters that you love. Yeah. And then just seeing the actual actor die. Like, never seeing that check off again is really heartbreaking to me. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I feel like that's a weird way to look at it, but it's... No, I mean, that's... And that, that's how it affected me, you know? It's, I mean, and that, that bleeds into a lot of why there's, like, that divisiveness with the, the, the original series exactly, fans versus yeah. the movies. That, yep. like, the actors are different, so it's not their actors and all that but it i do think that this that cast really just like took those characters and went mm -hmm. these are ours these are our versions of us we're going with that yeah. and again it's it's that whole nostalgia and it's all uh, goes it all goes back to that nostalgia thing they went here's the nostalgia of the thing you love but also we're taking it and we're reshaping it into oh. a new thing well, it's like about, a perfect like, how about we come back to orville which does that like Orville, the Orville is basically a love letter to Star Trek and is, is, it harps on that nostalgia fact, but it does its own thing. You know? Exactly. It, it does exactly that. <laughs> but people aren't crazy <laughs> when it comes to the Orville, and that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that it's flying just under the radar of like, mm -hmm. here's the fans that love it, and it's going to be fine with them. And the people that don't, don't have to watch it. And there we go. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right. So well, I think that brings us toward the good. end of things. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, just, I needed a cool down after yeah, all of that. Yeah, I agree. Raging, I think so. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this has been Say Report Jr., everybody. Uh, I've been Zach Sarawick. And I have been and Dale have... Decker. Um, uh, you... uh, go. Were you going to say Twitter? I was. I was. There you go. Uh, you can find us. Can find us on Twitter at Say Report Junior. Uh, right now, most of the tweets are me promoting myself. Um, <laughs> that's just going to keep happening. Uh, like I, there's one tweet there where I call out the Say Report. That was pretty nice. Uh, I was pretty proud of it. So you'll see us. Uh, so from there, we'll we'll probably put up things. I mean, I'll probably go through and, and put up some things related to whatever we talk about each episode. I'll promote my stuff that's coming out. I should have a new essay on my blog coming out this week this weekend. So I'll promote that. Uh, Sunday night, I'm going to hope to stream and this time not be a muted mess. Uh, but otherwise, uh, so yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Say Report Junior. And then you can find me on Twitter at uh, Zerwiski, that's Z-E-R-W-I-S-K-I. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter at Dale's Brain. So D-A-Y-L-E-S-B-R-A-I-N. Um, and I don't Ooh. tweet a lot, but I retweet a lot. So there, there. you go. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah, I'm probably going to start streaming too within the next couple of weeks. Um, awesome. And once we start doing that, you can probably find us there as well. Um, I know that there is going to be some Say Report, Say Report Junior crossover as well. I know that's in the works. Um, so you can look out for that. But until next week, I'm going to throw it over to Liz. <laughs> Have a good day, night, anyone. Blah, 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 blah. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time. <laughs>